0: Welcome to We're Getting A Dog. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be back. Great to be here. Hope it's good to be listening, too. Yeah, I hope everyone listening's having a good week
1: so far. Yeah, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been a, since last episode, it's been a busy week. I've switched jobs, I'm not serving yep. anymore, Yay. and I'm training, and it's just been a whirlwind of learning new things, learning new systems, doing lots and lots of computer training, mostly. But, new um, systems, fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, like it's getting your hands dirty. It's crazy. But either way, it's good. So I've been busy with that and nice. just kind of ending the coffee show and uh picking back up to come back with the food show yeah that'll so, be awesome yeah lots in the works always staying busy and then the holidays are like you know here pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah next
0: week's thanksgiving it's coming up real fast
1: and our like group friendsgiving is this
0: sunday <laughs> yep <laughs> lot to do here just <laughs> wrote my grocery <laughs> list today <laughs> We're gonna put it all so. on this table <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we have days. a car, we have a
1: card table
0: that's true yeah second have table. A card
1: table out too but, <laughs> but either way
0: a lot going on but how have you been oh good i'm still looking for a second job now i've had two different interviews but yeah nothing taken
1: you'll you'll find something
0: yeah it's hard to f- i don't want to sacrifice my hours as much with the dog walking so sure it's hard to balance yeah just something on weekends i still
1: say you should work for a looking.
0: pizza place but that's just me well hire me for just weekends yeah for
1: sure <laughs> But either way, you have been hard at work this week on this episode. So Absolutely. Dylan, what breed are we
0: talking about this week? Well, as you all know, the Bernese Mountain Dog. Oh, I'm so excited. Everyone's favorite dog. They're so
1: flipping cute. Just ridiculously <laughs> They're adorable. adorable.
0: So lovable. Yeah, I walked a Bernese Mountain Dog and did a sitting and seems she was very much just a rug of a dog. <laughs> I think she might have been a little older. I'm not sure, but much lazier than I expected, given the mountain dog name. That'll still be very, I don't know, energetic. Sure. (laughs) Nickname for the Bernese mountain dog is the Burner, which I haven't heard, but came across a lot in my research. Maybe that
1: was like the first kind of like nickname it had back in the day or something. Oh yeah, I
0: guess. (laughs) Well, it's stuck for a while. So to give you an idea of what this dog looks like, here's the AKC general appearance. The Bernese Mountain Dog is a striking, tricolored, large dog. He is sturdy and balanced. He is intelligent, strong, and agile enough to do the draft and droving work for which he was used in the mountainous regions of his origin. Dogs appear masculine, while bitches are distinctly feminine. I thought it was an odd addition. I don't know what dogs being distinctly masculine and feminine means in personality. Hmm, maybe it means like... uh males
1: are more territorial aggressive while females are more protective in how they're aggressive or maybe it can mean like females really are just more of a nurturing type and the males are more of an independent type or i don't know that yeah, that, that is interesting <laughs> it's it's not very often i feel like we get a breed where there is a any kind of strong distinction made between the male or female
0: and sometimes like further down there's like specific things differences in the males and females sure maybe some small i don't know patterns are but usually i guess for i mean size is always a thing yeah for me
1: it's superficial things like size or weight so it's not necessarily like this one has a better mood than the other one i don't know just males are so big
0: it's like sure that's masculine (laughs) (laughs) maybe well in size of males get to be 25 to 27 and a half inches females 23 to 26 inches that's smaller i thought than i thought Oh, yeah, they're very bulky, like big fluffy dogs. And males are like 80 to 115 pounds. Oh, wow. And females, 70 to 95. So they have very like, large heads, too. <laughs> big flat heads. Yeah, that's like, I feel like a distinct
1: part of that breed is just kind of like their giant head.
0: Yeah, <laughs> big friendly face. And their uh, life expectancy is fortunately just seven to 10 years.
1: Oh, that's not
0: very Yeah, much one at of all. the shortest. The coat is thick, moderately long, and slightly wavy or straight. It has a bright, natural sheen. Extremely curly or extremely dull-looking coats are undesirable. Mm -hmm. The Bernice Mountain Dog is shown in natural coat, and undue trimming is to be discouraged. The breed lover's guide to the Bernice Mountain Dog uh, said the dog's expression is as important as the color.
1: Ooh, I feel like that way. that is, again, not the first dog we've had on the show where it's like, if it doesn't look right, <laughs> you're missing the point of this dog.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, and the Breed Lover's Guide to the Bernice Mount Dog was a great resource for this episode. Describes the desired expression as intelligent with a gentle and animated face.
1: He does look very happy and almost like kind of cartoonish in a way.
0: Mm, yeah. That's just how I feel. But not that that's bad, just it's very adorable. Yeah, animated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I guess that's all for the general description. They're very, very cute. That's all I got to add. Very, very (laughs) cute. Yes.
1: Hello, listeners. Wesley here to talk to you a little bit about how you can support this show. For each episode of all of our podcasts here at Arcadia, we spend our own money on books, articles, and other materials so that we can bring you podcasts that are thoroughly researched and fact-checked. All of the hosts and producers of these shows also work full time jobs in addition to the podcast so that we can support this passion we all share. If you'd like to support us at We're Getting a Dog, as well as the other podcasts in the Arcadia Podcast Network, head on over to our Patreon page at patreoncom we're getting a dog, or our website, weregettingadogcom support. For as low as $2 per month, you can get access a day early to every new episode of We're Getting a Dog and other Arcadia Podcast Network shows, such as Coffee's On and Good Food for Bad Friends. And at higher levels, you can get one-of-a-kind swag. Thank you for supporting the Arcadia Podcast Network and for listening to this podcast. Now back
0: to the show. Now into the history. So the Bernese Mountain Dog is named after the Canton of Bern. Ooh. <laughs> one of 26 cantons that make up Switzerland. Bern is a large canton. It contains areas of the Jura Mountains, the Swiss Plateau, and the Alps. It's also home to Switzerland's de facto capital, the city of Bern. And some sources say it's na- the dog's named after the city, but it's named after the farms found across the large canton okay. of Bern. The Berner is one of four Sennenhunds. And I have a, a photo, eh? photo of the four Sennenhunds. Oh, wow. That's interesting. They all kind of look like they're all brothers. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so Sen is a term used for Swiss Alpine herdsmen and dairymen. Okay. The Sennenhunds, also known as Swiss Mountain Dogs, are descended of large mastiff dogs brought to the region by the Romans. The largest Sennenhund is the greater Swiss Mountain Dog. Uh, they look similar to the Bernice Mountain Dog, but are larger and have very short hair. Right. Along with the other three Sennenhunds. Right. Yeah, the Bernice Mountain Dog's the long-haired one. The Bernice Mountain Dog almost looks like their hippie brother. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Swiss Mountain Dog they're slightly taller, Mm -hmm. slightly larger. Uh, The two smaller Sennenhunds are the Enchelbücher Mountain Dog and the Appenzeller Sennenhund. These smaller breeds also have short hair and are known to be not as outgoing and friendly as the larger Sennenhunds. (laughs) Aw. They're thought to be related not only to Mastiffs, uh, but to Roman cattle dogs as well. Okay. The canton of Bern has over 12,000 farms spread across the hills, mountains, and valleys. The dairy produced in Bern is vital for the major Swiss exports of cheese and chocolate.
1: Well, hey, Swiss chocolate is
0: pretty good. Yeah, famous and Swiss cheese. Hmm.
1: I don't like Swiss cheese, but... <laughs> I'm
0: sure they have other just... cheese other than Swiss, do I'm they? I'm sure they do. <laughs> Maybe they make good cheddar, I don't know.
1: They make good chocolate. That's all that matters.
0: <laughs> Hundreds of years ago, as far back as the 14th century, Swiss farmers needed large dogs to perform a variety of duties. They needed dogs that could drive a small herd of cattle, dogs who could watch for visitors and intruders, and dogs who could be friendly, faithful companions for the whole family. This assortment of needs led to the unique personality of the burner, which makes it a desirable breed to this day.
1: That's what we like to call an all-around hound. Too <laughs> <laughs> bad he's not a hound. Yeah, no. What, so, if
0: he, what type is he? Like, what class of breed is he? Well, they're thought to be descended from Roman mastiffs. Okay. They're very closely related to the St. Bernard, actually. Okay. That, In fact, that, that uh, it's been said the St. Bernard's more closely related to the two larger Sennenhunds Huns. The, the, the larger t- Sennenhunds are related to the smaller ones. Oh, uh, okay. They just all come from... Swith- switzerland i guess yeah and maybe saint bernard does as well but it's just classified differently early on <clears throat> the saint bernard is from switzerland and partly
1: italy but it looks like switzerland i see right?
0: yeah oh yeah very close re- relative to the sendinghuns also a very cute dog oh yeah. yeah similar so swiss farmers needed a dog uh, that could be an alarm and potential deterrent for people coming uh but also one they could trust around livestock and children this is why some consider the Burner to officially be a watchdog and not a guard dog. But different countries and clubs have different definitions for this. So uh, they needed the coat to be easy to maintain, but also help the dog withstand harsh winters. They also had to be large enough to draw carts and resilient enough to drive cattle. All of these needs created a dog who is watchful but friendly, fluffy but tough, and strong but patient.
1: I wish you would have said fluffy but toughy.
0: <laughs> you said it. It's on. It's on record. It's there. <laughs> it could be your next album name. Oh God, fluffy but toughy. <laughs> this adaptability also makes them rather intelligent. They're 22nd on Stanley Corin's breed intelligent list. Oh wow, that's high up. Yeah, tied with Belgian Malinois. Ooh. Yeah, the little uh, German Shepherd. In the early 19th century, Berners and other Sennenhunds traveled to the market with farmers, driving their herds of cattle. The herds were small and the distances were generally short, so it was more laid back than other herding jobs that some dogs have to do. Okay. Then the industrial age brought great strides in dairy production for the Swiss, which led to cartloads of milk and cheese that needed to be pulled. And good thing they had these massive dogs. Oh, so they became plow dogs. Yep. yep draft dogs. Oh, draft dogs. Okay, sure. The larger Sennenhunds were sometimes called cheese dogs. <coughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the cheese dog. The cheese dog's here. Everyone loves the cheese dog. When the cheese dog comes around, I like a chili cheese dog. Well, there's there's a song for your album. Oh God. Everybody loves the cheese dog when the cheese dog comes down. To this is all getting cut. <laughs> You're cutting it from the album, but it's yes. gold. <laughs> The Berner and the greater Swiss mountain dog uh, became popular for their size during this period, but it didn't last long.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
0: <laughs> The industrial age led to further mechanization of the farm, and less and less people needed large dogs to pull their carts. Mm. Berners were perfect for small family farms, taking on a variety of duties. Uh, but as farms industrialized, they also became larger, and the Berner's ability to drive small herds short distances... Pull carts and be good with kids became less relevant. Widespread poverty in the region hit family farms especially hard, and soon very few people in Switzerland had practical reasons to keep their burners. Hmm. And by the late nineteenth century, the burners and all the Seninhuns were nearly extinct.
1: Wow. I feel like that's usually a time when we talk about a dog breed like beginning to have its its major footing in like the international stage is like the nineteenth century, is yeah. usually for all those Every, almost every breed we've talked about
0: and like right when you know the bernice mountain dog and the greater swiss mountain dog found their footing <laughs> it became cheese dogs apparently that was just for a few decades and oh. soon that job became irrelevant darn must have been a fun time the
1: golden cheese days
0: <laughs> if you were here for the cheese years you'd know I mean, they still have cheese, but I'm just imagining (laughs) like a Disney
1: movie made about like all these like young Bernese mountain dogs and their elder is like a former cheese dog. (laughs) You don't even know how much cheese we used to
0: bring. (laughs) All the people would run to us. So excited. We We were celebrated. (laughs) Well, we can start calling them cheese dogs again. (laughs) Bring it back. So around this time, a Swiss fancier named Franz Schertenlieb traveled all across Switzerland looking for good breeding stock. He honed in on the four Sennenhunds. Okay. All with tricolor patterns. Albert Heem of Zurich also turned his attention to these four breeds uh, and he became instrumental in their survival and propagation, especially the Berner. Sure. The Swiss Kennel Club was founded in 1893 and then in 1899, Heim helped found the Berner, a Swiss dog club based in Bern. The Bernice Mountain Dog was recognized by the Swiss Kennel Club in 1905. Belgium had a slightly different history with how they handled cart dogs, which were largely Berners. Cart dogs stayed popular in Belgium through the 19th century. In fact, a 19 or an 1893 New York Times article describes Belgian streets full of carts and carriages, all pulled by dogs with ease. So that must have been quite a scene.
1: Yeah, I bet that's like a dream come true for us like oh my god just a weird dream
0: oh my dogs (laughs) civilizations powered by dogs
1: it's like planet of the apes but instead of it being like a weird cataclysmic ape movie it's just all the dogs or the horses instead
0: and the all the horses are dogs the dogs are pulling carts full of horses
1: (laughs) and the horses are petting humans This is like that Family Guy episode where Stewie becomes a dog.
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say the Rick and Morty where the phones want pizza. That's
1: a good one. That's a better one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, then in 1910, despite their growing popularity, Belgium instituted a ban on cart dogs. Mm. The reason given was the growing popularity of the automobile. Well. Well, 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 the car was invented (laughs) by Carl Benz in Germany in 1885. They weren't widely available until Ford made the Model T in 1908. And that was in America first. Yeah. So I can't imagine that by 1910, cars were that widely available in Belgium. So uh, exemptions were made for people whose livelihood depended on their cart dogs, Uh, which may have saved the Bernese Mountain Dog. Interesting. Fanciers from Switzerland were traveling to Belgium at the time because cart dogs had become obsolete for the Swiss and Sennenhunds were easier to find in Belgium. Breed fanciers and many others fought the cart dog ban. In 1912, a test was conducted comparing dogs and horses' ability to pull carts full of machine guns. Well, that's unfair. And the war was coming. The dogs, oh, that's true. The dogs proved to be more effective. Oh. So the Belgian army replaced their draft horses with draft dogs, and the Belgian government reversed the ban on cart dogs.
1: Oh, well, look at that.
0: Yeah, well... Th- It took me a while until I got to this point in the research. I was like, wait, all these people using cart dog, where are the horses? Like, were horses just not
1: Maybe horses were for, like, Like,
0: special trips or something. Because horses were valuable. Maybe your farm's just not big enough to require a horse. Imagine horses are just more expensive. That's what I was saying,
1: yeah. Horses are way more valuable and way more expensive to raise than a dog. Yeah. So it's possible that for most families, having a dog was just culturally more practical. Yeah. So that would make sense. But I do like that they were like, let's see. hmm, Horses are actually not as good as this as we thought. So we're going to just have dogs do it. That's that's. Yeah,
0: (laughs) wish I could have seen those tests. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, World War One broke out just a couple years later after they lifted the cart ban. So all this work to revitalize the breed was quickly set back. Yikes. It wasn't until the 1920s when things got back on track for the burner. 1922 is a big comeback year and the Swiss Kennel Club registered 58 bernice Mountain oh, wow. dogs. So the numbers started picking up again after the war. Uh, they spread across Europe in the 20s and 30s, becoming popular working and companion dogs. The Berners found their way to the U.S. in 1926, when Kansas farmer Isaac Scheiss per, uh, imported Donna von der Roth and Poincare von Simmswalt. <laughs> That was beautiful. Donna von der Roth. Came... Scholar Donna. <laughs> Donna came from a kennel of Franz Schertenlieb, the Swiss man who traveled the country searching for the Sun and Okay. Right from the source. Yeah. The AKC recognized the burner in nineteen thirty seven. The Bernese Mountain Dog Club of America was founded in nineteen sixty
1: eight. Ooh, there's a bit of a gap there.
0: <laughs> yeah, very slow, slow to grow in America. Sure. Uh, and uh and it became an akc sanctioned club only in 1973 wow so,
1: yeah it is odd it's usually so there's like five years worth of like uh i don't know maybe it was a thing of like writing the standard getting more awareness out
0: i mean right. not all dogs take off yeah first they just imported the swiss standard sure yeah, made a couple of revisions okay translated it probably oh yeah <laughs> took out all the parts about the cheese yeah, it's usually the you know breed club of america that comes before the akc recognition right so it's odd that it came like 30 years after we've seen that before on this show i feel like or another thing i keep running into
1: are breed clubs that begin and then they dissolve and then another one gets started and that's the one that's still around i see yeah <laughs> yeah that happens more than more often than i think it would
0: like, this guy who started the first one's a jerk. Let's start in our own one.
1: Usually, usually I feel like it's a lot of people can't agree on a standard. And then right. it just kind of falls apart. And then another group of people, usually from the first attempt, but it's like a faction. Yeah.
0: They come back and start another The one. first group wants something oddly specific. Or, or maybe they not kowtow to the AKC. Bad, bad dog politics. Just was rough. I say they should be called the Jim and Hund. I started this club. I'm. They Jim. have a name,
1: Jerry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a dachshund, Jerry. Except to <laughs> it's not going. It's the to... <laughs> Jerry Hund. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah, burners were slow to get popular in the United States, but recently they've really gotten going. In 2005, uh, the Bernice Mountain Dog was 47th most registered in the AKC. Wow. Then in 2010, they were 39th.
1: Leaped another ten spots, and in
0: twenty twenty, they're twenty second.
1: Wow, that's so they're really. I feel they're hitting their kind of like their zenith right now of popularity. I wonder is there any evidence as to why that is, or is it just because maybe all the work of the breed club forming, you know, fifty years ago is finally now kind of paying off?
0: Perhaps they're very lovable dogs. Big reason, I think. That's true. I also think large like chill dogs particularly like they're dogs popular that de- yeah like that's the true Connie corso is also getting more and more popular oh
1: yeah rapidly for sure. growing uh-huh because i feel like the toy dog era has kind of come to an end because boxers have gotten really popular again
0: too mm, yeah and well, french kind- poodles and shibas are still well they're yeah. like yeah slightly larger than toy dogs
1: so. sure but a lot of the the top breeds are now like in, they're going back to the larger breeds like german shepherd retriever like yeah. all the retrievers that's interesting, though. 22nd. I wonder, um, the AKC, I mean, is going to publish their new list in just about a few, uh, like, just a few months now oh for 2021. Set 2020. your calendars. <laughs> it's literally just, I think it just updates eventually. <laughs> but I, I think it's after the, the show, the the kennel show.
0: The, the big list scrolls.
1: <laughs> yeah. I log on at midnight to see it update.
0: <laughs> like, oh my god.
1: Dylan and I drink a bottle of champagne when the list update I'm just kidding. Will
0: French Bulldogs be number one? 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 <laughs> oh, lab retrievers
1: again. <laughs> Actually aren't what is the number one breed right now?
0: Labs. Labs, They've yeah. Always been. For at least ten years. Sure. <laughs> so some famous Bernice Mountain dogs belong to current Irish president Michael D. Higgins. Cool. <laughs> he had two named Brode and sciota but unfortunately, Sayota died last year. Oh. And earlier this year, Higgins adopted another burner. This one named Mizniak. <laughs> oh Please, <laughs> right now, go to the
1: episode description and click on the link for this picture. Because that dog is like, hi! hi. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, in May of this year,
0: <laughs> Nietzsche <laughs> interrupted a TV interview with the president, Higgins. Uh, to paw at him and playfully chew his hand. I feel, isn't there a video of that somewhere? Yeah, I'm sure. It's a TV interview, so I'm sure there's yeah. some video. Oh, he's so cute, though. Yeah, the, he often has you know, the dogs I'm more by interested, his side.
1: There's a giant acorn in the background of the photo, like on the on the center left. <laughs> there's just a big acorn. Yeah, why is there
0: an acorn there? I wonder if that's some kind of like art <laughs> installation or something. <laughs> more intrigued by everything else. <laughs> So that's all in the history of the Bernice Mountain Dog. Well, I'm already liking
1: this breed so far, but I am in need of a break. I got to get some water. So okay. let's take a quick break and you'll hear from probably us about another show. And we'll be right back. And we'll be right back.
2: When you wake up in the morning and get ready for the day, what's the one thing you're sure you won't miss? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, if you're like 64% of all Americans, you're probably going to have a cup of coffee. Hi, my name is Richard Eislaffel, and I love coffee. I've been drinking it consistently since I was about 15 years old and have worked off and on as a barista for over four years. Though I haven't worked in the coffee field for some time now, I've recently took an interest in knowing more about coffee its origins, its history, its chemical makeup, how we get different flavor profiles, and its current cultural status. To do this, I turned to my best friend of over 10 years, Wesley Van Hoosen. Hello there, I'm Wesley. He is probably the most well-read person I know. Books have always been a part of his life, and I know that, like myself, he has a thirst for knowledge. So I asked him one day, Wesley, do you know any good books on coffee? To which he responded, No, actually, none that I've ever found. And I have to say, that took me by surprise. You would think out there, somewhere, is a manuscript detailing everything you need to know about coffee, from how it's made to how it made its way into the fabric of our society. But no, there really isn't. So that's when Wesley and I decided to do it ourselves. Welcome to
1: Coffees On, where every episode we'll learn something new about the marvelous beverage that is coffee. In this popcorn style series, we'll use every episode to do a deep
2: dive into some facet of coffee consumption or production. And with every episode, we'll be trying a new brew of coffee so we can continue to open our palates as well as our minds. In addition, we'll close each episode with a fun fact, myth, or legend about this magical drink. So tune in during your morning routine, daily commute, or afternoon pick-me-up, and we'll tell you all there is to know about the most consumed beverage in America. You can listen to Coffees On on Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. From
0: the Arcadia Podcast Network. And we're back with the Bernese Mountain Dog. Yes talking about the ownership now
1: okay this is is gonna be a lot i feel like because this is a big dog
0: (laughs) well especially with large dogs it's important to start training and socialization young absolutely burners are known for being friendly and aloof uh, but that's thanks to a lot of work put into training them. okay burners are very eager to please and respond well to positive training methods while negative training methods can shut them down
1: well, as with most dogs, yeah. yeah.
0: They like to be happy, keep everything in a good mood, you know? Yeah. Look at that face. They need at least 30 minutes a day of exercise.
1: That's a lot less than I thought they would need, but okay. Yeah,
0: yeah they don't need a ton. You know, they're used to pulling small carts, small distances. Sure. So one, <laughs> one long walk a day can be enough exercise. Okay. But they're very intelligent and versatile, so a variety of activities could be a good idea. Sure. To keep them occupied. Uh, they excel at obedience competitions, agility tracking and carting. the bernese mountain dog club of america holds drafting events across the country
1: really yeah that's interesting i didn't know that would, that would be ever have been a sport
0: yeah that sounds interesting <laughs> go to a whole event of just dogs pulling carts i tried <laughs> to si- find some video just individual dogs carting. yeah and training for these competitions so burners coats need weekly brushing and an occasional bath okay now, the only really difficult thing with the coat is shedding.
1: Oh, sure, because they're a bit longer haired.
0: Yeah, they're very heavy shedders. Are they
1: a double coated?
0: Yes, they're double coated. Okay, <laughs> and uh, twice a year they will blow coat, and shed most of their undercoat oh, over a few weeks. Oh no! Yeah, I think I described it uh, earlier at the the beginning. They have like with a long outer coat and a thick woolly undercoat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they they shed their woolly undercoat. <laughs> Twice so, a year. Oh,
1: the thicker one. Great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, you got to brush extra during those periods.
1: So probably watch out for when so, they're shedding so a lot. Probably like every other day. Yeah.
0: Brush extra if you want to keep the shedding to at least a minimum. Sure. Burners also need their ears cleaned on occasion. And you can learn how to check them and clean them at home. Uh, any redness or swelling could indicate an infection. So a vet would have to check that out. Sure. Other than that, uh just the standard nail trimming and teeth brushing.
1: Okay. So you don't have to get them cut. There's no like... Intense you, grooming procedure. Really, you
0: don't need to get them cut often, but I think they do need to be trimmed. Trimmed every, you every keep now and them again. Real long. I'm not sure. sure how long it naturally grows too. But sure, but it depends. isn't. It isn't like a monthly thing. No. No. Okay. No. Not if you keep them a long cut. If you want to keep them very short, you can. But get them pampered every now and regulated.
1: again. Get them trimmed up. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So the worst thing about this breed is the lifespan. Yeah. The AKC says seven to ten years, but the average is known to be about eight. Oh. Yeah, the oldest ever Burner on record lived to be 15.
1: Okay, that's... I mean, that's twice its lifespan, so I guess that is kind of a record achievement for that dog.
0: Yeah, I walk a dog now that's 16, though. It's not... Wilson is 15. Yeah. So... Common health problems for the breed include cancer, hip dysplasia, cardiac disease, eye diseases, and autoimmune diseases. Yeah, oddly enough, the other Sennenhuns live longer, even the greater Swiss Mountain Dog. Hmm, maybe there were some crossbreeding at some point in history that maybe you know ca- it just caused some problems maybe yeah i wonder if their popularity somehow has just i don't know led to more you know dangerous breeding practices maybe so that's all i have on the bernese mountain dog you know i think this breed is adorable and large quite possibly the most adorable one of the most large that's true i
1: guess i would only really want to have this one again if we had like a big Piece of land to sit on
0: with mm. where it could run around and well, they don't really need a ton of space actually. I think that's so big. true, but at the same time, they are a, but... like, a lot of dogs. Better, like they are a lot of dogs. definitely a probably bigger place than this would be. Yeah, <laughs> better,
1: no doubt. But no, I think they are really cute and just like I'm looking at pictures of them right now online, and now I just really want them because <laughs> they are very like big-eyed and friendly-looking.
0: Yeah, big teddy bears.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe we can just get like a big fluffy teddy bear version of a Bernice Mountain
0: Dog. Just get a teddy bear.
1: Well, I have a teddy bear. <gasps> well, anyway. <laughs>
0: so this episode is not over, though. Okay. We have an extra segment, a brand new segment to introduce dog news. Dog news. Dog news. This week in dog news, we're talking about a young Norwich terrier named Rascal. Okay. Got a photo of him as well. Aw. In the 2020 AKC fast coursing ability test rascal qualified as the fastest norwich terrier in the country wow oh, impressed it's, <laughs> yeah it's a lot of norwich terriers i guess <laughs> did he time it like some crazy short amount or something or and did not see the time the oh article, but unfortunately in june of this year rascal lost his right hind leg to cancer oh no but that didn't stop him from competing in september competing against four-legged dogs Rascal gave a perfect performance on a level five jumpers course. Is that the highest level? Which, as we all know, is the highest level okay, of jumpers course. there courses. it is. All right. <laughs> which we all know. Especially Rascal. We're wrestling. all aware, yeah. Especially me. I knew that. <laughs> me too. Now this week, uh, the AKC has officially opened the doors to allow tripod dogs to compete in AKC agility competitions. For like the very first time? Yep. Wow. Were they, I wonder, did they compete perhaps in their own category before. Or I don't think maybe so. Maybe not. No. Yeah. In the article, they were saying there's some safety concerns and they really wanted to make sure. Hmm. Well,
1: well you know, I think that that's
0: a, I think that that's important to note because a lot of
1: breed standards do not, uh, they do not rule against three legged dogs or tripod dogs. It's, uh, that's very much something that it's like, well, if this happened to a dog because of a health reason, that doesn't mean that it doesn't still capture all the
0: correct things of its standard. Yep, you got the Airbud loophole. Where in the rules does it say the dog has to have four legs? <laughs> huh? I'm sure that's what they call it at the AKC. <laughs> oh, it's the Air Bud loophole. Unless, oh. But they changed the rules, so now so tripod now, dogs as they describe them can compete well that is awesome and he's a cute agility little dog. yeah uh, well, cool. the akc advisory committee wasn't set to change any policies until 2023 but a big online campaign including rascals owner lark schlimbaum which is a great name yeah uh, convinced them to change their rules two years early well which we've learned the akc they drag their feet on everything a little bit this is a huge accomplishment to get the akc to do something early maybe they have like a new pr person that's like all right we gotta like pick up the pace a little bit here (laughs) y'all i guess so (laughs) we're not ripping on the akc we use them a lot as references so yes very appreciative sometimes confused frustrated but yeah
1: well anyway that's that's everything we've got for this week on we're getting a dog
0: yes thank you so much for listening yeah,
1: thank you everyone for listening we will be back next week where i will be bringing you a new breed and also we are going to start uploading new stuff to our patreon so if you want to join our patreon you can find all that information in the links below but we are going to start producing some new episodes hopefully to come out in the holiday season and new year as i have a little bit more free time hopefully with the job change so yay yay that's everything from us this week and dylan why don't you take us out remember to help control the pet population have your pets spayed or neutered wesley Van Huzen and dylan naylor are not pet professionals any advice regarding pet ownership and the responsibilities thereof taken from this program should be checked with your veterinarian. All episodes are researched thoroughly, fact-checked, and additionally researched during post-production. Annotated bibliographies of every episode can be found at we'regettingadog.com bibliographies. This podcast is hosted by Dylan Naylor and Wesley Van Hoosen. If you'd like to reach out or submit a photo of your dog to be featured on our social media, please contact us at WGAD at or on our Instagram at We're Getting a Dog. Thank you for listening to We're Getting a Dog
2: from the Arcadia Podcast Network.